Welcome to Your Change, a broadcast aimed at revealing grace and empowering transformation. Through the revelation of God's undeserved, unearned and unmerited favour, we are committed to helping you make better changes in life for life. Allow me just to go straight into the Word of God this morning. Allow us to, to spend a bit more time uh, just tapping into the mind of God as revealed in the Word. As revealed in the Word. We are in the festive season. We're in the Christmas uh, season where there's a lot of excitement, if I may put it that way, a little bit of disappointment or more disappointment coming our way because of the unpredictability of our times, how uncertain the times are, you know, and how difficult it is becoming to plan even for next week, to plan for uh, next month, to plan for a few coming days, uh, because things are constantly changing. Things are rapidly changing. You know, one day you hear one thing, and the following day, things have completely changed. Is the times that we are living in. And now coming to this Christmas time, a time that we remember the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, it is important for you as a believer to, to, to remind yourself again and again that Christmas, it is not just about the presents and the lights. But Christmas is about Jesus the Christ. He, he himself is the reason for the season. So it is important for you as a believer to constantly remind yourself again and again that Jesus Christ is the reason for the season. That Jesus Christ is the reason for the season. That is why even when you look on the title of this message today, it's talking about Christ in Christmas. We have to be intentional. We have to remind ourselves. There has to be a conscious effort to remind ourselves that Christ is the reason for Christmas. Christ is the reason for Christmas. And this morning, <coughs> my apology. And this morning, I would like us to look at Christmas through the lens of this one word, the word hope. The word hope. And if you're online, I want to interact with you. Please just do go ahead and just type in the comment section and just simply say hope. That is all we want to talk about today. And as, and, you know, as I was preparing uh, for this Sunday as well as our Christmas message series, this is one word that the Holy Spirit placed upon my heart. It is this one powerful word that the Holy Spirit has placed upon my heart to communicate to you as the church of the living God. And this is such a fitting theme, especially given the context of what we are going through. Brothers and sisters, we are living in a time where there are a number of words that can describe this season. This, this season is easily described, described by words like fear. This season is easily described by words like disappointment and dis discouragement. Yeah, it's a season that can be described by words such as stress, anxiety, and depression. Talk of uncertainty, talk of shocking news. It has become almost like the norm. It has become almost like the, what to expect on each and every day. That's the season that we are living in. And when you sit down to have conversations or even to listen to people <coughs> talking to one another, you can almost be guaranteed that 
our conversations ends with phrases like, we, we might as well just wait and see what's going to happen. You know, our conversations are easily getting concluded by statements like, time is going to tell, time will tell. In some cases, people conclude by saying, you know what, I don't know. We, we don't know how things are going to turn out. We don't know where they, when this thing is going to end. We don't know where this Omicron is going to take us to. You know, when you look at all these words that are describing our season, that are describing our time, you can boil everything down to this one word that we are slowly, slowly and surely beginning to experience hopelessness. We can actually tell that there is a sense of hopelessness because of how things are evolving in our time. But I've got some good news for you, Church of the Living God. That as we come to the Christmas time, as we contemplate on the birth, the life of Jesus Christ, there is some good news. There is a hope that we find not in material things, but there is a hope that we find in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to turn with me this morning to the book of Ephesians. And I want us to explore hope in the context of Christ in Christmas. I want us to look at hope within the context of Christ in, <coughs> in Christmas. And uh, as I'm going to be sharing this, uh, I don't just want to bring out, uh, you know, what's just there in the Word of God. But I want us to bring the life that is behind the Word. And bring this Word to you who is going through a situation in your life where every time you start to think about the future, every time your mind starts to contemplate about tomorrow, you, you, you're grieved with fear. You are, you are gripped with uh, uncertainty. You, you are filled with disappointment and discouragement. And I'm praying that this morning, as we celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, may this season remind you and I this one thing. May this Christmas season remind you and I this one thing. What is it? Hope. May this Christmas remind you hope. May this Christmas remind you that Jesus Christ is our hope. As a matter of fact, Jesus Christ, when he came, he did not come just to bring hope. Rather, he is hope. It is one thing to bring hope. It is another thing to be the very hope. And this morning, let's turn our Bibles to the book of Ephesians, chapter number 2. And I'll look at just two verses, verse number 12. To verse number 13. Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 12 to verse number 13. And I'm going to read from the NIV, the new, the, the new international version. And the Bible says, Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise. And here's the line that I want you to pay attention to. And the Bible says, without hope and without God in the world. I want you to underline that. Without hope and without God in the world. Verse number 13. But, so but is coming to change the story. 
but is coming to to you know to to give a different uh, perspective to what was being spoken about. And the writer says, "But now in Christ Jesus, this is the difference maker. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have." been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ is the game changer. Jesus Christ is the difference maker. Allow me just to read again verse number 12 to verse number 13. Remember that at that time, so there was a point where the Gentiles that Paul is writing to, now a Gentile is anyone who is not a Jew. A gentile is anyone who is not a Jew, right? So, Emseyama uh, is a is a gentile, right? Uh, anyone, uh, a Shona speaking person, a Debele speaking person is an, a gentile, is anyone who is not a Jew. And the Bible says, it is us who uh, at that time, at some point, we were separate from Christ, excluded from the citizenship of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Jesus the Christ. We've been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, when you look at these two verses, these two verses, they are spelling out what I want to call the five privileges Gentiles lacked. The five privileges that Gentile lacked, or in other words, you can say the five privileges of a believer. The five privileges of a believer. What are they? Number one, number one, it is the relationship with Christ. This is the first privilege that we have when we are in Christ. It is, number one, our relationship with Christ. That's why the Bible says you were separated from Christ when you were Gentiles. But now, now, now that you are in Christ, you now have a relationship with Christ. You've got something that binds you together with Christ. So that's number one, the first privilege. The second privilege, it is inclusion. In other words, we, we now belong to God's chosen people. We belong now to God's chosen people. That's why the Bible says you were separated from Christ, excluded from the citizenship of Israel. At one point, we did not, we were not part of God's chosen people. Very important. And then the, the third privilege that we have as believers, it is the privilege of the covenant of the premises. We have the privilege of the covenant of promises the privilege of the covenant of promises that's number three and then number four we have the privilege of hope i like that one we have the privilege of hope as believers when we were gentiles we did not have this privilege that's why the writer says without hope and without god in the world and then the fifth privilege that we have as believers it is the privilege of the knowledge of god we have the privilege of knowing God, not head information, but knowing God experientially. This is the privilege that we have. Can I just repeat them again for the sake of emphasis? I hope our team will be able to bring them on the screen. 
So the five privileges that we have is believers. Number one, we have the privilege of a relationship with, with Christ. Number two, we have the privilege of belonging to God's chosen people. And then number three, we have the privilege of having the covenant of the promise, referring to the Abrahamic covenant. The Abrahamic covenant. And then number four, we have the privilege of hope. Hope of the Messiah. And then number five, we have the privilege of knowing God. We have this privilege of knowing God. Amen and amen. Now, when you look at uh, this passage of the scripture, I just want to draw your attention to the fourth privilege, which is the privilege of hope which is the privilege of hope. That is why we want to look at this within the context of Christ in Christmas. Very important. Now, when you look at the word hope, there are two components. There are two components that make up hope. Now, the first component of hope, it is expectation. I want somebody to go ahead and say expectation. The first component of hope, it is expectation when we talk of expectation we are talking of you looking forward to something happening you are looking to you're looking at uh, or you're having a, a, a forward looking to something you are expecting something to happen in your life now when we talk of expectation there ought to be a ground for this expectation there ought to be a ground for this expectation. And the ground for a believer's expectation, it is the revelation of God's word. Am I talking to the church this morning? The ground for a believer's expectation, the ground for you looking forward to something good, despite unfavorable condition, despite the difficulty of our times, the ground for a believer's expectation, it is the revelation of God's word. When I talk of the revelation of God's word, we are referring to two things. We are referring to the promises of God and the prophecies of God. It's all about promises and prophecies. It's all about promises and prophecies. Now, when we talk about promises, we are not talking of the promises that we give to each other, but we are talking of the promises that God has given to us as believers. When we talk of prophecies, we are not talking of prophecies that we cook. We are not talking of prophecies that we make up ourselves, but we are talking of the prophecies that God has given to us. Now, it is important to get this at all costs, that the ground for a believer's expectation, it is the revelation of the word of God. What makes me expect that something good is coming my way? It is because of the revelation of the word of God. It is that which God has revealed in our lives through his promises and also through prophecies. It is important. It is the ground for this expectation which then becomes the basis of our confidence. I want you to get this. It is then the ground for our expectation, which is the revelation of God's word, which becomes the basis of our confidence. 
which becomes the basis of our confidence. Brothers and sisters, when you study history, like philosophy, uh, the Greeks are considered to be the greatest philosophers, the greatest thinkers, people who could manage the subject of wisdom very well. And when you study the Greeks, they, it is believed that the Greeks believed that human beings expressed hope by nature. They believe that every human being, they express hope by nature. Whether one is a believer or is unbeliever, we express hope by nature. That is why even a drunkard, that is why uh, somebody who does not believe in Jesus Christ, when they're going through a difficult times, you hear them saying, I hope things are going to change. You hear them saying, I hope the virus is going to end. I hope the pandemic is going to end. I hope we are going to have a good Christmas without any restrictions. Why? Because by nature, we, ex we express hope. That's the way we are wired. But when it comes to you and I as a believer, we don't just hope. We don't just hope. Our hope is not baseless, if I may put it that way. Our hope is grounded in the word of God. Our hope is grounded in the word of God. Hope is not just a wish for something good to come my way. But for a believer, when we hope, every time we have an expectation of something good coming our way, it is because I am standing on the word. I am standing on the word. My expectation is rooted in the word. My expectation is founded on the word of God. Now, this begs us then to define hope. What then is hope? What is hope? This is how I define hope. Hope is waiting with a word-based confident expectation to something good coming. Hope is a waiting. I'm waiting, but as I'm waiting, I'm waiting with a word-based confident expectation. I'm waiting with a word-based confidence that something good is coming my way. I hope somebody is going to type that in the comment section. It is a waiting with a word-based confident expectation for something good that is coming my way. I want you to underline the word, a word-based confidence. It is a word-based confidence. It is a word-based confidence. Now, people in the world, when they hope, they, they, don't have, they don't have a word-based confidence. Their confidence is not sitting on anything. There is no basis. There is no ground for their confidence. But for you and I as a believer, every time we stand up and we say, I'm hoping that things are going to change, I'm saying that statement based on the revelation of God's promises and also based on the revelation of God's prophecies in our lives. So when I hope for the future, despite how difficult the times are, despite how challenging the times are, what gives me the tenacity to rise up and say, things are going to be all right. What gives me the right to say, it shall be well, it is because I'm standing on the word of God. That is why I'm saying for a believer, you're waiting, it is based on the word of God. 
it is a word-based confident expectation for good that is going to come my way am i speaking to the church of god this morning so for a believer a believer's hope is more than a wish it is living with a word-based confident expectation of something good that is coming my way you know for unbelievers unbelievers when they hope they hope for good they also hope for bad because they are not so sure but for you and i as a believer it doesn't matter how dark the times are it doesn't matter how difficult the seasons are when we project into the future we are doing so with so much confidence and our confidence is emanating from the word of god i'm standing on the promises of god i'm standing on the prophecies that god has given i'm standing on what god has already decreed that this is what is going to happen and this is how things are going to happen and this is when things are going to happen it is a word based confident expectation i want somebody to go ahead and type in the comment section and say a word based confident expectation it is a word best. So when I hope, when I have, when when I build up an expectation for something good coming my way, it is it is not just based on on something in the air, something abstract, but I'm sitting on the word. I'm sitting on the word. I'm standing on the word. Uh, I'm standing on what God has already decreed. I'm standing on what God has already prophesied in our lives. Brothers and sisters, when people live without a confident expectation of anything good to look forward to, they live in fear. Just look around right now. People are hoping for the, a better future, but because their confidence, it is not word best. They are gripped with fear. But for you and I as a believer, when your confidence is word best, you can face tomorrow with all confidence, without any fear. That is why the Bible says, for we were not given the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. That means my confidence for tomorrow, it is based on the word of God. Whenever people live without a confident expectation that is based on the word of God, they live with worry. They move around with worry. Every decision they make, it is filled with worry. But I'm saying to you, brothers and sisters, for a believer, for a child of God, whenever we hope for the future, every time we have an expectation for something good coming our way, we are doing so because the basis of our confidence, it is the revelation of God's word. I'm standing on what God said. I'm not standing on what people said. I'm not standing on what people are saying. I'm not standing on what social media is saying. I'm not standing on what people around me are saying, but I'm standing on what God has already said. Brothers and sisters, when people leave, whenever people leave without a confident expectation that is based on the word of God, they walk in doubt. They walk in doubt. They walk in doubt. Listen to our conversations today about tomorrow. They are filled with so much doubt. We are not so sure about how things are going to turn out. 
We are not so sure whether things are going to ever get better. And for other people, there's doubt that God is even concerned about them. There's so much doubt that God is going to come and change our story. But brothers and sisters, when your faith, when your hope, when your expectation is built on the word of God, there's no room for doubt. That is why confidence has got to come in. So every time you are dealing with an expectation, the attitude for your expectation, is confidence the right attitude for your expectation it is confidence that is why we speak of a confident expectation that is why we speak of hope is a confident expectation i am confident that god is going to do this i am confident that things are going to be all right in my confidence it is word best I'm not walking in fear. I'm not walking in worry. And I'm not also walking in doubt. Why? Because my confidence is sitting on the word of God. So the first component of hope, it is expectation. Somebody say expectation. The second component of hope, it is waiting. The second component of, of hope is waiting somebody go ahead and say waiting so the first component is confidence is expectation sorry the first component it is expectation and the attitude for for expectation it is confidence and then the second component it is waiting it is waiting it is waiting now waiting demands patience Waiting demands patience. Every time I'm waiting for something good to come, I've got to be patient. I've got to be patient. That is an attitude that we need to clothe ourselves as we are waiting. As we are waiting. Brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that waiting is what we do in the present time. I'm expecting something good to come. And my expectation, it is built on the word of God. But as I'm expecting, I am waiting. As I'm anticipating God to do something good in my life, I am waiting with patience. I am patiently waiting upon the Lord. Now, let me just show you something about waiting in line with the hope. Now, I call them the three benefits of having hope in the Lord. The three benefits of having hope in the Lord. Number one, hope renews our strength. Hope renews strength. That is the first benefit of hope. Hope renews strength. Let's go to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 40, verse number 31. I'm going to use three different translations. We're going to look at three different translations. Isaiah 40, verse number 31. Let's look from the New King James Version first. Here is what the New King James Version says. It says, but those who wait, I want you to underline the word wait. Remember, we said the second component, the second component of hope is waiting. And Isaiah now is saying, but those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I like that one. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Can you see the benefit of waiting? When we wait, every time we wait upon the Lord, there is a renewal of strength. 
Every time we wait upon the Lord, there is a renewal of strength. Let's, let's, let's read it from the NIV. Remember the New King James Version, it says, those who wait. Listen to the NIV. The NIV says, but those who hope in the Lord, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. So where the New King James Version is using the word wait, the NIV is using the word hope. So which means when you look at it from the original language, which is the Hebrew, the, the word for wait and hope is the same word. So these are synonyms. So every time we talk of hope, we cannot talk of hope and not talk of waiting. Ah, I hope I'm speaking to somebody this morning. Every time we speak of a hope, of an expectation, we cannot do so without talking of waiting. That is why the NIV is saying, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they will not faint. Let's look at that from the Amplified Version. Let's look at that from the Amplified Version. The Amplified Version, it says, but those who wait for the Lord. In other words, those who wait expecting, those who look forward to, those who hope in the Lord, they will gain strength and renew their power. They will lift up their wings and rise up close to God like eagles running, like eagles rising towards the sun. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not grow tired. Brothers and sisters, the times that we're living in, they automatically causes us to become tired. They cause us to become weary effortlessly. They cause us to become tired. But the Bible is saying, those who hope in the Lord, those whose hope is in the Lord, somebody say hope. Those who hope in the Lord, something is going to happen to them. There is a renewal of strength. Brothers and sisters, whatever fuel is to a car is exactly what hope is to a believer. Fuel gives the car the strength, the energy to be in motion. To be able to go up, up the hill. That is exactly what hope is like to a believer. When a believer has got hope that is based on the word of God, that hope is fuel to your journey of life. Hope becomes fuel to the journey of life. Hope is what is going to give you strength to go past the challenges of our time. Hope is what is going to give you the energy to move forward, to continue to press forward despite unfavorable conditions. That is exactly what hope does. So the first benefit of hope is that hope renews your strength. Every time you move without hope, you become weak. We become weak, but with hope, there is strength to move forward. There is strength to carry on. There is strength to move forward. The second benefit of hope, the second benefit of hope, number two, hope triumphs over difficulties. Hope triumphs over difficulties. I want you to go ahead and say that and say hope triumphs over difficulties. Romans chapter number four, verse number 18. And I'll read from the New Living Trans from the NLT. Hope triumphs 
over difficulties. Romans 4 verse number 18. And the scripture says, Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. Can I read that again? Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. Because God had said, remember I said, the confidence of a believer, the hope of a believer, it is word best. It is word best. And we're looking here. Abraham, the Bible says, he hoped against all hope. Abraham still believed God. He kept on hoping in the basis of his hope. It is what God had already said. It is word best. It is worth best. And I'm saying to each child of God, hope triumphs over difficulties. When you look at Abraham, he had a difficulty. He, he was promised a, a son, a child, but he was now advanced in his age. His wife, the Bible described her as the Bible saying that he, her womb was as good as dead with no hope of bearing a child. But the Bible says, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. Abraham kept hoping. He would wake up in the morning and say, I'm expecting a child from the Lord. He would wake up and say, I'm expecting a child from the Lord. And as people in the community began to laugh at him and throw demeaning words at him, but Abraham would wake up in the morning and he would keep on hoping in the Lord while his hope was based on the word of God. The grounds of his hope was what God had said. In this case, it was a promise. It was a promise from the Father. Brothers and sisters, we are able to triumph over difficult moments in our times. We are only able to do so if we hold on to our hope in the Lord. If we hold on to our hope in the Lord, where I wake up in the morning, I'm expecting that good is going to come my way. I'm not waking up expecting bad to happen in my life. Do you know that there are people, they live from day to day expecting bad to happen there, to come their way. Expecting the worst to happen in the way. But can I challenge you, child of God, this morning, that from this word this morning, that from this moment, during this Christmas time, may you may remind you that you can change your story. You can change the order of your day. Instead of hoping for bad, you can hope for good. You can expect good to come your way. Others, they say, expectation, it is the breeding ground for miracles. This is what, the, what others say. They say, expectation, it is the breeding ground for good or for miracles to come our way and i'm saying to you brothers and sisters hope triumphs over difficulties perhaps you're going through a difficult time it is time for you to up the game and have a confident expectation in god when you hope in god in the lord you don't become a victim you don't become a victim of difficult times. Rather, you become a victor. You become more than a conqueror in Jesus the Christ. So number one, the first benefit of hoping in the Lord. Hope renews strength. Number two, 
Hope triumphs over difficulties. And number three, hope does not put one to shame. Hope does not put one to shame. Hope does not put us to shame. Whenever we have a confident expectation that is based on the word of God, the Bible says hope does not put us to shame. Romans 5, verse number 5. Romans chapter number 5, verse number 5. And I want to read this from three translations as well. And I'll start with the NIV, then I'll go to the NLT, and then the Amplified. The NIV, it says, Romans 5, verse number 5, it says, And hope does not put us to shame. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. But I want you to underline the first part. And hope does not put us to shame. I want you to personalize it and say, hope is not going to put me to shame. Or hope does not put me to shame. Let's read from the NLT. The New Living Translation. The same verse. Romans chapter number 5, verse number 5. The New Living Translation, it says, And this hope will not lead to disappointment. So in other words, hope does not disappoint. In a world that is filled with disappointments, in a world with systems that are breeding disappointments from every angle. But listen to me, brothers and sisters. Hope in the Lord will not lead to disappointment. Hoping in the Lord will not lead you to disappointment. Let's read from the Amplified Version. The Amplified Version, it says, Such hope that is in God's promises. Can you see? It is based on the word of God. Such hope in God's promises never disappoints. Never disappoints us. It never disappoints us. Such hope in God's promises never disappoints us. Can you see that this hope is not a hope in the air? It is not a hope that's just, that is just hanging in the air, hanging nowhere, without a ground upon which it's standing on. But listen to me. This hope in God's premises, in God's promises, which is word best, that kind of hope, it doesn't disappoint us. You are not the first one to walk in hope. The Bible has so many examples of people that hoped in the Lord. And they were never put to shame. Talk of Noah. Noah hoped in the Lord. And he wasn't put to shame. When everyone around him was laughing at him. But Noah kept on hoping in the Lord. And he wasn't put to shame. We spoke about Abraham. Abraham hoped in the Lord. Despite unfavorable conditions. Despite everything seemingly working against him. But Abraham kept hoping in the Lord. And he wasn't put to shame. David hoped in the Lord. And he wasn't put to shame. You hear David saying, At one time I was young, but now I'm old. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their children back bread. It is David who says, Those who put their trust, or those who hope in the name of the Lord, will never be put to shame. Brothers and sisters, hope does not put us to shame. Hoping in the Lord will not put us to shame. It will never, ever ever disappoint us and i'm coming to you brothers and sisters during this christmas season may this word 
be lifted above every other word in your life. This word hope. May you look at life. May you handle the season that we are in through this word. Hope. A confident expectation. A confident expectation. A word-based confident expectation that good is coming my way. That good is coming my way. Yes, it may appear dark right now, but listen to me, brothers and sisters. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. That is a statement of someone whose hope is in the Lord. Good is coming my way. I'm not looking forward to bad happening in my life, but I'm expecting good to come my way. And my expectation, it is based on the word of God. It is based on the promises of God. It is based on the prophecies of God. It is based on the revelation of God's word in our lives. Can I conclude with Colossians chapter number 1, verse number 27? Can we close this word with Colossians chapter number 1, verse number 27? And I'll read from the NIV translation, it says, To them God has chosen to make known among Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. Now, I want you to pay attention to the next part, which says, Which is Christ in you? Which is Christ in you? The hope of glory. Which is Christ in you? The hope of glory. Which is Christ in you? The hope of glory. Allow me to repeat that. Which is Christ in you? The hope of glory. Now, when you look at that word glory, glory from the Old Testament, glory is associated with the Shekinah presence of God that manifested in the, in the Holy of Holies. When we talk of glory from the Old Testament perspective, we are talking of the Shekinah glory, the presence of God as it manifested in the Holy of Holies. That is the glory from the Old Testament. Brothers and sisters, every time we talk of the glory, we are talking of the different manifestations of God in our lives. The term glory, it speaks of the various manifestations of the presence of God in our lives. So when the Bible says Christ in you, the hope of glory, in other words, Christ in you, the confident expectation of the manifestation of God's presence in our lives. Can I repeat that? Whenever we talk of the glory, the hope of glory, we are talking of the various manifestations. It's a confident expectation of the manifestation of God's presence in our lives. Sometimes the manifestation of glory comes in the form of mercy. Sometimes it manifests in the form of favor. Sometimes it manifests in the form of guidance. Sometimes it manifests in the form of protection. Sometimes it manifests in the form of rescuing. He will come and rescue you. He will take you out of danger before danger happens. He will take you out of disaster before disaster happens. It is the hope of glory. I have a confident expectation of the manifestation of God's presence in my life. Times are difficult. Times are challenging. Seasons are challenging to us. But brothers and sisters, as we celebrate this very Christmas, I want you to remember that Christ is our hope. 
that Christ is your hope. Christ is our hope. I can face tomorrow because Christ is my hope. I can face tomorrow and still expect good to happen despite the difficulty of our times. What is the basis of my expectation is because Christ lives. Because Christ came in my life. Because Christ was born. Because Christ came into this world. Because Christ left the heavens and he came into our realm. And he came into our world to give us a confident expectation that tomorrow is going to be God. So brothers and sisters, whenever we stand and we say, it shall be well. We are saying so not because we like to say churchy words. We are saying so because we are basing on the revelation of God's word. At one time, the book of Isaiah, I think it's chapter number 3, verse number 10. Isaiah says, go and tell the righteous that it shall be well. Go and tell the righteous that it shall be well. The basis of saying that it is God's revealed word. As we celebrate this Christmas, remember hope. As we celebrate Christmas in one of the most difficult seasons and times, filled with fear, filled with disappointments, filled with all sorts of uncertainties, filled with worry, filled with doubt. Can I say to each child of God, there is a confident expectation that we get when we make Christ the reason for this season. There is a confident expectation that we have when we embrace Christ and we have Christ at the center of this season. When we make him the reason for this season, there is a confident expectation. The singer will rise up and sing and say, I can face tomorrow. I can face tomorrow because he lives. Who lives? It is Jesus the Christ. Are you filled with worry about tomorrow? Are your decisions engulfed in fear? Because of what is happening around us, may this Christmas remind you that Jesus Christ is our hope. Jesus Christ is our confident expectation for tomorrow. While everyone is talking in doubt, in fear, in worry, unsure of what tomorrow is going to be like, but for those who are in Christ, we can speak with all confidence and say, it shall be well and still expect that something good is going to come our way. I'm not sitting in worry, waiting for bad to happen to me. I'm not sitting in tears, waiting for darkness to come my way. But rather, I'm sitting with all confidence. I'm walking with all confidence, expecting good to come my way. Why? Because I hope in the Lord. Hope does not disappoint. Hope does not put us to shame. Hope will renew our strength. And hope will triumph over all difficulties. May you walk in hope. May you live in hope in this season. A hope that is based 
on the word of God. Can I pray for you this morning? Can I say this prayer for you this morning? I'm believing God that may this Christmas trigger hope in you. May this Christmas quicken the spirit of a hope in you. Where you celebrate not in fear, but you celebrate with a confident expectation of good coming your way. Father, we pray this afternoon. Thank you for your word that Jesus Christ is our hope. Thank you for coming to our rescue. That at that time when we were separated from Christ, when we were excluded from the citizenship of Israel, when we did not belong to your chosen people, when we were living without any covenant of promises upon our lives, in that time when we were without hope and without a knowledge of you, but we are thankful, Lord, that you sent your son who reconciled us, who brought us near to you, who brought us closer to you, who took us and gave us a relationship with you. And today, we are no longer living as a people without hope, but we are walking as a people with hope, with a confident expectation. Lord, I'm praying for your church today. I'm praying for your church today, oh God. Enable your people to walk with hope. Enable, oh God, our mothers and our fathers, our brothers and our sisters. Enable our children to live in these difficult times with hope with a confident expectation of good coming our way. Despite what we are seeing, despite the darkness of our times, despite the challenges of our times, Lord, help your people to hope in the Lord, to have a confidence that is based on your promises, to have a confidence that is based on your prophecies. I pray today in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, may you breathe life upon your people for that man and that woman, that brother and that sister, Lord, who are walking in doubt, whose lives are filled with fear, I pray faith today. I pray confidence today. I release a spirit of confidence upon their lives, a confidence in your word. I am praying, oh God, for them today. Help us, oh God. Help us to celebrate this season, knowing that Christ is in this season, that Christ is the reason for Christmas, that Christ is the reason for this season, and that in Christ we have hope. That in Christ, we have a hope for tomorrow. We have a hope for a good tomorrow. We have a hope for a good 2022. Because Christ lives. Because Christ lives in us. Because Christ came. Father, we thank you. We honor your name today. We give you all the glory. Lord, may you breathe life upon your word. May you breathe life upon your word today. That is your people, oh God, are going to live in this festive season. That your people may live with hope. That they may walk with confidence in your word. That they may walk with confidence for tomorrow. With an expectation of everything good that comes from your right hand. We bless your name, God. We honor your name today, oh God. I speak grace and favor upon your people. And I speak every manifestation of your presence upon your people. In Jesus' glorious name we pray. And somebody go ahead and say, Amen and Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Your Change, a broadcast aimed at revealing grace and empowering transformation. 
To interact with us, please visit our website at afmimmiltonkeens.org or follow us at Ebenezer Fellowship AFMIM on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also interact with Pastor Danny on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For easy access, the links are in the description.